0: on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a series called A Church for Real Life, which is centered on a mission which defines who River City Community Church is and what we do. So what is the mission that drives us, and how do we understand what our role is and what God's role is in this journey to real life? And today is part two of a message called What Disciples Do. Pastor Sean says if you want to experience real life and hear from God, you've got to be in the Word. So let's dive back in. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: Anyone who follows Jesus in this culture, if you follow Jesus, you are going to have a little bit of persecution, a little bit of that sense of leaving. If nobody has ever, if you've you've never had that issue of a little bit of misunderstanding, a little bit of hurt, a little bit of persecution because you're following Jesus, I want to suggest you, you may not be following Jesus because what it's going to do is it's always going to put you completely against the grain and walk in the opposite direction of the rest of the world. That's the leaving part. But what Jesus says is no one who's left Houses, family, career, the fields. No one who's left that has failed to receive a hundred times as much of those things here. It's like, what? I think what he's saying is you'll find new family and and much more of them. Anyone who's ever really been a part of this fellowship knows what that's all about. You'll find a new place of home. You'll find even your career be different, be alive. Yes, there'll be persecutions, but you'll find something that is real. It's, it's fascinating. We talked about it last week. God never takes away anything from you that he doesn't replace it with something better. He does take things, but he replaces them with kind of his things in his order. And in that way, it becomes a gift. And then he says, and in the age to come, eternal life. What's cool about eternal life is it doesn't start after you die. It starts the minute you begin to follow Jesus. See, following Jesus is first a matter of worship, what you put first. He becomes your first relationship, and this is real important. He becomes your first relationship. And Some of you are sitting there going, wait a minute, my, my spouse is my first relationship. I, I just want to say to you, I want to challenge you on that a little bit. Um, he must be first. You're going to follow Jesus. You're going to worship him. He must be first. You see, when we put him in that first place in our heart that only belongs to him, it was created for him, what happens is everything else falls into alignment and just works You put your spouse in that first place, you're putting them in a place they were never intended to be. You're putting expectations on them that they cannot meet. You're literally making your spouse an idol. They do not belong in that first place in your heart because that first place is the place of worship. But if he's in that first place, I, I will tell you, you come into your relationship with your spouse totally different. You come in as a whole person. You come in complete in Christ, and now you are a better spouse. You are not putting those expectations on them that they could never meet you're just you're prepared to love them well and to receive love from them well because you put Jesus first. And then every other relationship kind of competes for the lesser spots after those. It's really, when you begin to follow Jesus, he becomes the only, the sole, non-negotiable. Everything else is negotiable. And that's what we have to understand about following Jesus. That's what it means that it is a matter of worship. He becomes your Lord. He becomes your leader. He is first in your heart. Your your decisions, your marriage decisions are no longer just about what I want to do. It's about, Lord Jesus, you're my Lord. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do? Your career decisions. Lord, this job seems great. This one seems great. This one makes more money, so I'm going to take that one. No, no. Jesus, what do you actually want me to do? What's your design? What do you have for me? Because you know that's the road to real life. Real life begins with the decision to follow Jesus and to follow Jesus means to put him first. Second, to follow Jesus means to listen for his voice. To follow Jesus means to listen for his voice. Now, this is actually fairly common sense. But Jesus said it this way in John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. How can you possibly follow him if you can't hear him? This is very practical. You want to know where to go. You want to know what to do. You have to know how to hear his voice. This is a significant understanding. And you may be sitting like, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I hear his voice? Is his voice audible? Does God talk to me audibly? And, you know, let me just deal with that. Um, If God wants to talk audibly, he's the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega. He can talk audibly. My grandkids can talk audibly and and quite loudly, actually. So if so, the omnipotent creator of all things can, can as well. Now, I'll just say to you, has he ever spoken to me like that? No, he hasn't. But if someone comes and says, I... I think God spoke to me, and I actually heard a voice. It freaked me out. Hey, I I don't know that that's not true. God can do that if he wants to, if he needs to. But most often for me, it has been in that sense of speaking, almost like a quiet, urging whisper in my spirit. And often my desire is this way, and then his desire is over here, and it's like, I don't even want to hear that, but he is persistent, and I hear his voice. Let me tell you some ways to cultivate that, because this is a lifelong journey. If you go, I can't hear God's voice, I, I, this is in over my head. I just want to say, do not be discouraged, because this is a lifelong journey. This is actually almost the point, because this is the nature of the relationship. Typically, the thing that we're doing is not even the main point. The main point is relationship with him. Some ways to learn to listen to his voice. The first is prayer. Becoming a person of prayer. Now, there's two types of prayers that the scripture talks about. Both are really, really important. The first is what we call that inner room prayer okay? Some people call the prayer closet, because one, one translation uses the word a closet. Probably the more accurate translation is inner room. It, it, the idea is it's in private. You know, if you saw the mo- movie War Room, that lady made like her actual closet into this prayer room. It's great. If you want to do that, rock and roll. But the idea is alone place, quiet, you and Jesus. And you can listen to his voice. Do you know how important this is? And we live in a culture that 24-7 is a, just like a, almost a, a tsunami wave against everything that we believe, whether it's education, culture, media, entertainment. They all, the culture, the values, the belief system, we live in this barrage. We desperately need some time where we just get alone and we close the door and we remember, oh, God, yeah, you are on the throne and you are good. Oh, I remember, yes. And we talk to him. We listen to him. We commune in prayer. And it's, you know, prayer, folks, needs to be authentic. It needs to be natural. You don't need to learn some sort of updated kind of version of King James, and none of that. Just communicate with him. Daily, get alone and recalibrate. The second type of prayer is, you know, the Ephesians 6, at all times praying in the Spirit on all occasions. You know, praying Thessalonians, Paul wrote, pray continually. Pray without ceasing. And that's the prayer that means, that's the point that recognizes God doesn't somehow stay in the inner room or the prayer closet when you leave. He's not stuck there all day waiting for you to come home. You know, he's omnipresent. What it means is I can be driving and be talking to the Lord. I can be at work working on a project and I can be talking to the Lord. I can be in the midst of a conversation and all of a sudden I just need the Lord's wisdom. Lord, give me your wisdom. I'm, I'm not hearing this right or, or I don't want to respond harshly, Lord, but I'm starting to get worked up. Lord, give me your wisdom. You can talk to him continually throughout the day because he is present. His spirit is in you. Being a person of prayer is one of the primary ways to cultivate listening to the voice of the Lord. Another way is the word of God. I mean, the word of God. You, you want to know the kind of things God would say a great way to do this is to learn the things he's already said, and you discover who he is. The word is so powerful; it truly, is the Spirit inspired it, and the Spirit will speak through this and resonate with His Spirit in you and speak truth to you. It's a fantastic moment when you're reading through the Scripture, and at t- you know I know I'm not I'm not living in in some sort of bubble here. I, you can be reading through the Scripture and kind of wow, this is not connecting with me right now. I don't even want to use the the B word, boring, but you're reading along and, and all of a sudden if you're reading and all of a sudden something jumps out at you and it's like whoa, whoa lord because he's speaking to something. and your spirit resonates and says oh i want to see that again and you realize god's speaking to you he's answering a question you asked two days ago it's like lord it's so simple He's addressing that issue with your, one of your kids and as you're contemplating, you're thinking, and, and he just lays it out in front of you. And oh, Jesus, thank you for that wisdom. And you realize I just heard the voice of the Lord to a question that I asked because he used his word and his spirit to speak to me. If you don't have a daily, and that's part of that quiet time, prayer and the Word, that inner room time, that, you know, we've talked about your chair. Where's your chair? Your reading place, your quiet place. You should have a place where you go, and you just sit alone and talk with the Lord. It should be prayer and the Word. If you don't know how to read the Word and draw truth from the Word, I want to encourage you. At reallife.org, we have a daily Bible reading plan. It's a chapter a day, and a simple method we use called REAP, okay? Read, examine, apply, and pray. Read, examine, apply, and pray. And it teaches you how to go through the Scripture and process it. In fact, there's a a tool there called Bible Virtuosity. Pastor Mike has made videos, just simple, like two-minute videos to guide you through and give you some basic steps on how to read the Word, how to draw truth from the Word. And then he walks you through the book of Luke, a chapter a day, and does the REAP principle with you so you can learn to just read the Scripture for yourself and discern truth in a healthy way. It's a powerful tool. I just want to say, if you're not in the Word, you are missing it as a follower of Jesus Christ. How can you possibly hear Him? This will change your life. Change your life.
0: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called What Disciples Do, which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, Your financial gift helps us radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Ratama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the
0: road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, What Disciples Do. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: And a third way to, to hear his voice is to just study Jesus and find out what Jesus did. You know, look at the examples in the New Testament because so many things become clear. The minute you actually start to pray about something and stop rationalizing about it, you know, it's sometimes God's voice becomes crystal clear, right? It's like, you know, Lord, I've got this purchase, this sports car I want to buy, this sports car, oh, it's about about a year's salary, and it's way more than I can afford. Do you want me to buy it? The minute you ask him and stop rationalizing, right? The minute you ask him, it's like, well, duh, of course he doesn't want me to buy it. And that's exactly why you didn't ask him. You know, sometimes in those kind of moments when we really need to hear him, we're kind of like, la, 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 I think God was okay with it, honey. Really, I think he's fine. Did you pray about it? Yeah. Did you say a word or did you just whine there? You know? Sometimes just a simple act of saying, Lord, what do you think? And all of a sudden, oh, his kind of... His truth becomes crystal clear. His example, the what would Jesus do thing, you know, I mean, and we've kind of killed that as we tend to do in contemporary culture, you know, WWJD, we've got it on, you know, I think there's bumper stickers, there's bracelets, there's, uh, I think a breakfast cereal, WJD breakfast cereal, it's very good, actually, it's kind of like, like Cap'n Crunch only with a little J, it's really nice. I think what would Jesus do, is great. that's from the book In His Steps, great book, and it's a great Question ask: what would Jesus do in this situation? And sometimes crystal clarity, I, I want to help you know what Jesus would do. The best way to know what Jesus would do is to study and understand what Jesus did do. You know, W-D-J-D. What did Jesus do? Because so much of understanding who God is is found in studying and growing in the life of Jesus Christ. So listening is key. You know, you, you can't follow Jesus if you can't hear him. He does want to talk to you. It's a good question to ask one another in your community groups. What's he saying to you? What's he saying to you? Real life begins with the decision to follow Jesus. Last thing, to follow Jesus means to walk in obedience. This is like the actual behavior of following. This is the following part, to walk in obedience. Once you've heard what he says, Jesus said in John 15, 9 through 11, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. I want to be real clear here. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What he's not saying is if you, if you kind of keep my commandments, then I'll love you. That is not what that says. Okay, Because the scripture says God so loved the world he gave his only son. He loves every single one of us. He's not going to love you more or less based on what you do. But abiding in his love, living in his love, is a very different matter. That's what he's talking about. If you keep my commandments, you will live in this stream, in the blessing of my love. There's something that happens. And then he says, these things I've spoken to you, I love this, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. See, so many believers never get to this point, and they, and they sit and look at our faith and I know people have been in the church for years and they never get to where they experience the joy of their salvation or the power of God in their life, this abundant real life. And it's like they kind of get to that place where they kind of treat it like an appliance. It doesn't work. Oh, well, I'm sorry, it doesn't work. I want to send mine back, you know. Is there a return policy? It doesn't work. But they've never actually obeyed what Jesus said. They've been to Bible studies. They've gone to church. They listen to Christian music. They do all this stuff. But they've never actually obeyed and I've told you before obedience is where the power of God is released that's where the action is that's where you begin to experience and your faith is built and it's like holy cow God really showed up differently this was so stark and tangible in my life in one of the early decisions I had to make that was it was a fork in the road and you know here was where I wanted to go And this was where God wanted me to go. It was in this matter of this polo career. It's what I wanted to do. It's what I was good at. I had every opportunity. I wanted to do that with my life. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to serve Jesus in that. But this was what I wanted to do. And I knew God was saying, I want you to lay it down right now. Is it bad, God? No, it's not bad. It's just, I have something else for you. And it was hard. I mean, it was no small thing. It wasn't, you know, kind of flippant decision. I had a string of horses that, were, that I was playing. And uh, a number of them were my dad's. And so I had to go to him and say, Dad, here are these horses back. I'm not going to follow this anymore. And he really felt, uh, later on he told me, almost felt betrayed. Like I, like I had taken the very best thing he had to give me and thrown it back in his face. And he told me that. And I, I you know, honestly, I didn't understand at the time. And years later when he told me, I kind of like, okay, I wish he would have said that then. It would have made some of that, those two years where we didn't talk Because he just really, there were about two years where after that decision, we didn't talk. I had a few horses that were mine, and I had to sell them and go through that process. So this this was a big deal. I had been in this my whole life. My whole family was in this. And walking away was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. My little brother continued and became pretty much the best player the United States has seen in the last 50 years. And so what was interesting is I made that decision, and it was one of the hardest things I ever did, but I, okay, Lord, I know you're going to bless me, and I expected, you know, the blessing of the Lord, like, immediately, and I'll just let you know, I made that decision, and I didn't get a phone call the next day from the Billy Graham Association saying, I want you to be the next Billy Graham, just follow, you know, when he gets old, you're going to do the guy's work, you know. My mom was sure that was going to happen, it never did. In fact, I had to go start working some weird, odd jobs just to try to make money, start preparing for ministry. It was, you know, changed my major in school. It was, it was a hard, unpleasant time. By the, by the way, at the same time, my brother kind of goes on this trajectory of just really significant success in that career. Ends up marrying my wife Lori's little sister. So we get to have this illustration of how awesome our life could have been. If God didn't hate us, that was kind of where we lived for a while, truly, you know, and it's like, we're happy for (laughs) y'all, hold on, we're going to go eat our generic cereal. I mean, it felt like that, that it it was, it was, we had this illustration of what our life was supposed to be and versus, you know, what it was, but I will tell you, um, Inside, the minute I made that decision, while we didn't get that great call of, you know, God's big plans, um, immediately, when I made that decision and actually took action on it, I obeyed. It was as though internally, and this is how I knew I, I needed to make this change. Internally, it was like I was swimming up against a stream. I don't know if you know, can relate to that. In my spirit, I wasn't settled. It was like I was swimming against a rapid current. And the minute I made that decision, it was like internally, it was like I, I stopped and I now began to go with the flow. That's the best way for me to describe it to you. I just sensed, yes, the peace of God. And it felt great. Externally, things were hard for a number of years. What was interesting is as we walked along and I watched, um, while my brother had great success and he and my sister-in-law, they have had a wonderful career, I also began to, as we... Began to have these awesome relationships that developed, and some people come around and become part of our fellowship, and who are like family. And I watched the difficulty, the struggles they had, because it's a kind of a tough, brutal relationally, brutal world that they're in. And probably about ten years in, we stopped envying the path they were on, and maybe prayed for them a little differently. And we started to see the fruit and the joy. That, of obedience that God was working in her life and saw the, the very tough world that they had to live in. It was, very, it was a, it kind of the, you know, just mind bending everything yours, all of your assumptions were wrong. You know, and it was just an interesting, interesting time. And, and there's been all, I think any step of obedience, they're not all that big and that, you know, broad and life changing, but every single one of them kind of involves a little microcosm of that. I want to say to you, don't let fear keep you from following him in obedience. Don't let conventional wisdom keep you from following in obedience. Fear is that thing that says, oh, I, I, what, what, what if it doesn't work out, God? What, but everyone else says, I, I should go this way. And it's that fear. Conventional wisdom is the thing that got us where we are today, right? And, and I've told you before, common sense is great. Accounting, common sense. You know, oral hygiene, dental work, common sense. That's the way to go. But if you want to experience the abundant real life of the Spirit in Jesus, you're going to have to depart. And don't let that fear and don't let those boundaries keep you from following in obedience. Trust him. Are you hungry for more? Then step out in obedience. Don't let people's opinions keep you from following Jesus in obedience. Do you ever remember Jesus taking a poll? Guys, I don't know what we're going to do. What do What do you all think? How many want to go to you know Capernaum? Jesus never took a poll. In fact, he sometimes just, in unexplainable ways, said to the guys, guys, get up, we're leaving now. But but Jesus is going so great here. Everybody's calling for you. I came for this reason. Let's leave. Just imagine. I mean, seriously, imagine a community of people so in love with Jesus, so passionately following Jesus, all walking like Jesus. Can you imagine the power of that, I think we have the capacity to turn the world upside down again, just like they did 2,000 years ago. The church is not supposed to be lame. It's not supposed to be a joke. It's not supposed to be a byword. It's supposed to be the community of people that is filled with the spirit of Jesus, overcomers. That's what he said. I think we have that capacity if we will truly recognize that real life begins with the decision to follow Jesus. My question for us is, will we follow Jesus and not just be good church people? Now, I just want to say, I don't want to presume in a room this size that everyone has made that commitment to follow Jesus. You know, there is a moment, the process come into understanding. There's a process after you become a follower of Jesus. But there is that moment where you must choose and say, you know what? no. I, I don't want my way anymore. I want to follow Jesus. And I don't want to presume that everyone has made that decision. So I want to say to you today, you can make that decision today. It's actually fairly simple. A couple key ideas. Confession is one of the key ideas. Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. So confession says, I admit it. I'm a sinner. God, I need you. My sin has hurt me. It's hurt you, and it's hurt others around me. I am a sinner. The second idea is the idea of repentance. Repentance says it's based on this idea of confession. Repentance is going along. I'm doing my way. I'm doing my thing. And I recognize it's not working. I am a sinner. I need a change. I need his way. And I repent. I turn from my way to his way. That's what repentance means. I turn. And the last thing is simply trust or belief. Trust. Because i got to trust that he can save me. i got to believe that he can lead me i got to believe that His Spirit can fill me. Are you willing to put your life in His hands? You see, the reason this whole salvation thing works is sin is the problem. Sin is the thing that separates us from God. It always kills, it always separates it. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your and my sin so that we could have life. That's why it all hinges on Him.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called What Disciples Do or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210 490 5262 as reaching for real life radio is a service of river city community church. We hope you join us again next time for more real life.